0: Dot net, where, if you mouse over the link in the top menu, top of the page menu, where it says Online Edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop down menu under Online Edition, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society which email contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 4, which is, titled, The Root of All Evil, with Section 2, again, Right Teaching and Right Learning. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause to touch in with our lesson for the day, practice our lesson, Lesson 38, There is Nothing My Holiness Cannot Do. All right, and uh, again, this is one of my favorite things to do. And Laurie, do you have one of your wonderful melodic openings for the call this morning?
1: No, I do, LeMoyne. One of my favorites. And, uh, you know, I've shared it before. Some from the book, 40 Prayers, by Pierre Elias Amidon, and it's called Your Beautiful, Your Beautiful Composure. Inside the noise my life makes, you live in silence. You make my body move, but you stay still. The sun, sun climbs into the day, and everyone gets busy, but you don't. Teach us the way you are beloved, your beautiful composure, this generous giving, the way you pour light everywhere just to see love grow in our gardens. Teach us to be like that, not asking for anything, sweeping the kitchen after the party, everyone home in their beds. Teach us to turn into you when no one's looking, when we see stars coming out of each other's bodies. There's nothing my holiness cannot do. Amen. Oh, just thank
2: beautiful, you.
1: beautiful, Laurie. As yeah. always, thank you. As always. Doesn't that poem just feel beautiful? Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. Yes, it sure does.
0: Yeah, thank you, Laurie. Mm. Okay, i just got to say it. Yeah, it speaks to me of uh, how salvation is just a release into what already is. Okay. Um, well, with this this morning? I have... Everyone I have written down here is reading. I have Lori, Fran, Donna, Lana... Karen and Diana. Is there anyone else who's joined us this morning who would like to say good morning and maybe join the reading list?
1: Good morning.
0: Okay. I'll be... oh. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Judy, are, are you listening? Is that what I heard?
1: Yes, I'll be listening for a bit. Thank you, Lemoyne.
0: Okay, there will be chances to join down the way here. So again, the fairly long reading this morning. Go ahead and get, get us started with um, Chapter 4, The Root of All Evil, Section 2, Right Teaching and Right Learning. We have spoken of many different human symptoms and at this level there is almost endless variation. There is however only one cause of all of them. The authority problem is <coughs> excuse me. The authority problem is the root of all evil. Money is but one of its many reflections and is a reasonably representative example of the kind of thinking which stems from it. The idea of buying and selling implies precisely the kind of exchange the soul cannot understand at all because its supply is always abundant and all its demands are fully met. Glory.
1: Uh, Chapter 4, The Root of All Evil, Section 2, Right Teaching and Right Learning. We've spoken of many different human symptoms, and at this level, there is almost an endless variation. There is, however, only one cause of all of them. The authority problem is. The authority problem is the quote-unquote root of all evil. Money is but one of its many reflections and is a reasonably representative example of the kind of thinking which stems from it. The idea of buying and selling implies precisely the kind of exchange that the soul cannot understand at all, because its supply is always abundant and all its demands are fully met. 6. Every symptom which the ego has made involves a contradiction in terms. This is because the mind is split between the ego and the soul, so that whatever the ego makes is incomplete and contradictory. This untenable position is the result of the authority problem which, because it accepts the one inconceivable thought as its premise, can only produce ideas which are inconceivable. The term, quote-unquote, profess, is used quite frequently in the Bible. To profess is to identify with an idea and offer the idea to others to be their own. The idea does not lessen. It becomes stronger.
0: Thank you, Laurie and Brad.
1: Six. Every symptom which the ego has made involves a contradiction in terms. This is because the mind is split between the ego and the soul, so that whatever the ego makes is incomplete and contradictory. This untenable position is the result of the authority problem, which because it accepts the one inconceivable thought as its premise, can only produce ideas which are inconceivable. The term quote unquote profess is used quite frequently in the Bible. To profess is to identify with an idea and offer the idea to others to be their own. The idea does not lessen, it becomes stronger. So, a good teacher clarifies his own ideas and strengthens them by teaching them. Teacher and pupil are alike in the learning process. They are in the same order of learning and unless they share their lessons, they will lack conviction. A good teacher must believe in the ideas which he professes, but he must meet another condition. He must also believe in the students to whom he offers his ideas. Many stand guard over their ideas because they want to protect their thought systems as they are. And learning means change. Change is always fearful to the separated ones because they cannot conceive of it as a change towards healing the separation. They always perceive it as a change towards further separation, because the separation was their first experience of change.:
0: Well thank you, Fran and Donna.
3: Seven. A good teacher clarifies his own ideas and strengthens them by teaching them. Teacher and pupil are alike. In the learning process, they are in the same order of learning, and unless they share their lessons, they will lack conviction. A good teacher must believe in the idea which he professes, but he must meet another condition. He must also believe in the students to whom he offers his ideas. Many stand guard over their ideas because they want to protect their thought system as they are. And learning means change. Change is always fearful to the separated ones, because they cannot conceive of it as a change towards healing the the separation. They always perceive it as a change towards further separation, because the separation was their first experience of change eight you believe that if you allow no change to enter into your ego your soul will find peace this profound confusion is possible only if one maintains that the same thought system can stand on two foundations nothing can reach the soul from the ego and nothing from the soul can strengthen the ego or reduce the conflict within it. The ego is a contradiction. Man's self and God's self are in opposition. They are opposed in creation, in will, and in outcome. They are fundamentally irreconcilable because the soul cannot perceive and the ego cannot know. They are therefore not in communication and can never be in communication. Nevertheless, the ego can learn because its maker can be misguided but cannot make the totally lifeless out of life, the life given. The soul need not be taught, but the
0: ego must. Thank you, Donna and Lana.
2: Okay. Excuse me. Eight, you believe that if you allow no change to enter into your ego, your soul will find peace. This profound confusion is possible only if one maintains that the same thought system can stand on two foundations. Nothing can reach the soul from the ego, and nothing from the soul can strengthen the ego or reduce the conflict within it. The ego is a contradiction. Man's self and God's self are, are in opposition. They are opposed in creation, in will, and in outcome. They are fundamentally irreconcilable because the soul cannot perceive and the ego cannot know. They are therefore not in communication and never and can never be in communication. Nevertheless, the ego can learn because its maker can be misguided, but cannot make the totally lifeless, out of the life given. The soul need not be taught, but the ego must. Nine, the ultimate reason why learning is perceived as frightening is because learning does lead to the relinquishment, not destruction, of the ego. To the light of the soul this is the change the ego must fear because it does not share my charity my lesson was like yours and because i learned it i can teach it i never attack your egos but i do try to teach you how their thought systems arose when i remind you of your true creation. Your egos cannot but respond with fear.
0: Thank you, Lana. And Karen.
4: Nine, the ultimate reason why learning is perceived as frightening is because learning does lead to the relinquishment not destruction of the ego, to the light of the soul. This is the change the ego must fear, because it does not share my charity. My lesson was like yours. And because I learned it, I can teach it. I never attack your egos. But I do try to teach to teach you how their thought thought system arose. When I remind you of your true creation, your egos cannot but respond with fear. Ten, teaching and learning are your greatest strengths now because you must change your mind and help others aim theirs. It is pointless to refuse to tolerate change because you believe you can demonstrate that by doing so, the separation has not occurred. The dreamer who doubts the reality of his dream while he is still dreaming is not really healing the level split. You have dreamed of a separated ego and you have believed in a world which rests upon it. This is very real to you. You cannot undo this by doing nothing and not changing.
0: Thank you, Karen. And Diana.
3: Number number 10. Excuse me. Teaching and learning are your greatest strengths now because you must change your mind and help others change theirs. It is pointless to refuse to tolerate change because you believe you can demonstrate that by doing so, the separation has not occurred. The dreamer who doubts the reality of his dream while he is still dreaming is not really healing the level split. You have dreamed of a separated ego and you have believed in a world which rests upon it. This is very real to you. You cannot undo this by doing nothing and not changing. Number 11, If you are willing to renounce the role of guardian of your thoughts, symbols and open them to me, I will correct them very gently and lead you home. Every good teacher hopes to give a student so much of his own thinking that they will one day no longer need them. This is the one real goal of the parent, teacher and therapist. This goal will not be achieved by those who believe that they will lose their child or pupil or, or patient if they succeed. It is impossible to convince the ego of this because it goes against all of its own laws. But remember, the laws are set up to protect the continuity of the system in which the lawmakers believe. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Diana. And is there a new reader for 11 and 12?
1: I can do it. Ready? Excuse me. 11, if you are willing, to renounce the role of guardian of your thought system and open them to me. I will correct them very gently and lead you home. Every good teacher hopes to give his students so much of his own thinking that they will one day no longer need him. This is the one real goal of the parent, teacher, and therapist. This goal will not be achieved by those who believe that they will lose their child or pupil or patient if they succeed. It is impossible to convince convince the ego of this because it goes against all of its own laws. But remember that laws are set up to protect the continuity of the system in which the lawmaker believes. It is natural enough for the ego To try to protect itself once you have made it, but it is not natural for you to want to obey its laws unless you believe in them. The ego cannot make this choice because of the nature of its origin. You can because of the nature of yours. Amen. Egos can clash in any situation, but souls cannot clash at all. If you believe a teacher, or if you perceive a teacher as merely a larger ego, you will be afraid because to enlarge an ego is to increase your separation anxiety. I will teach with you and live with you if you will think with me. I will teach with you and live with you if you will think with me. But my goal will always be to absolve you finally from the need for a teacher. Thank you, JC.
0: And thank you, Judy. Is there another new reader for 12 and 13? Okay. Uh, Back to you, Lori. Uh,
1: 12. It is natural enough for the ego to try to protect itself, once you've made it, but it is not natural for you to want to obey its laws unless you believe in them. The ego cannot make this choice because of the nature of its origin. You can, because of the nature of yours. Egos can clash in any situation, but souls cannot clash at all. If you perceive a teacher as merely a quote-unquote larger ego, you will be afraid because to enlarge an ego is to increase separation anxiety. I will teach with you and live with you if you will think with me, but my goal will always be to absolve you finally from the need for a teacher. 13. This is the opposite of the ego-oriented teacher's goal. He is concerned with the effect of his ego on other egos and therefore interprets their interaction as a means of ego preservation i would not be able to devote myself to teaching if i believe this and you will not be a devoted teacher as long as you maintain it i'm constantly being perceived as a teacher either to be exalted or rejected but I do not accept either perception for myself.
0: Thank you, Lori. And Fran.
1: Thirteen. This is the opposite of the ego-oriented teacher's goal. <clears throat> he is concerned with the effect of his ego on other egos, and therefore interprets their interaction as a means of ego preservation. I would not be able to devote myself to teaching if I believe this, and you will not be a devoted teacher as long as you maintain it. I am constantly being perceived as a teacher, either to be exalted or rejected, but I do not accept either perception for myself. 14. Your worth is not established by your teaching or your learning. Your worth was established by God. As long as you dispute this, everything you do will be fearful, particularly any situation which lends itself to the quote, superiority, inferiority, unquote, fallacy. Teachers must be patient and repeat their lessons until they are learned. I am willing to do this because I have no right to set your learning limits for you. Once again, nothing you do or think or wish to or make is necessary to establish your work. This point is not debatable except in delusions. Your ego is never at stake because God did not create it. Your soul is never at stake because he did. Any confusion on this point is a delusion and no form of devotion is possible as long as this delusion lasts.
0: Thank you, Fran. And Donna...
3: 14 your worth, your worth is not established your worth is not established by your teaching or your learning your worth is established by god as long as you dispute this everything you do will be fearful particularly any situation which leads itself to the quote superiority inferiority and quote fallacy Teachers must be patient and repeat their lessons until they are learned. I am willing to do this because I have no right to set your learning limits for you. Once again, nothing you do or think or wish or make is necessary to establish your worth. This point is not debatable, except in delusions. Your ego is never at stake because God did not create it your soul is never at stake because he did any confusion on this point is a delusion and no form of devotion is possible as long as this delusion lasts fifteen the ego tries to exploit all situations into forms of praise for itself In order to overcome its doubts it will be doubtful forever or rather as long as you believe in it you who made it cannot trust it because you know it is not real the only sane solution is not to try to change reality which is indeed a fearful attempt but to see it as it is you are perfect you are part of reality, which stands unchanged beyond the reach of your ego, but within easy reach of your soul. When you are afraid, you still be. when you are afraid, be still and know that God is real, and you are His beloved son, in whom He is well pleased. Do not let your ego dispute this. Because the ego cannot know what is as far beyond its reach as you are.
0: Thank you, Donna and uh, Lana.
2: Okay, uh, I'll just The ego tries to exploit all situations into forms of praise for itself in order to overcome its doubts. It will be doubtful forever, or rather as long as you believe in it. You who made it cannot trust it because you know it is not real. The only sane solution is not to try to change reality which is indeed a fearful attempt but to see it as it is you are part part of reality which stands unchanged beyond the reach of your ego but within easy reach of your soul when you are afraid be still and know that God is real, and you are his beloved son, in whom he is well pleased. Do not let your ego dispute this, because the ego cannot know what is as far beyond its reach as you are. 16. God is not the author of fear. You are. You have chosen, therefore, to create unlike him, and you have made fear for yourselves. You are not at peace because you are not fulfilling your function. God gave you a very lofty responsibility which you are not meeting. You know this, and you are afraid. In fact, Your egos have chosen to be afraid instead of meeting it. When you awaken, you will not be able to understand this because it is literally incredible. (laughs) Do not believe the incredible now. Any attempt to increase its believability is merely to postpone the inevitable.
0: Thank you, Lana. And Karen?
4: 16. God is not the author of fear. You are. You have chosen, therefore, to create unlike Him. And you have made fear for yourselves. You are not at peace because you are not fulfilling your function. God gave you a very lofty responsibility which you are not meeting. You know this, and you are afraid. In fact, your egos have chosen to be afraid instead of meeting it. When you awaken, you will not be able to understand this because it is literally incredible. Do not believe the incredible now. Any attempt to increase its believability is merely to postpone the inevitable. Seventeen. The word quote unquote, inevitable is fearful to the ego but joyous to the soul. God is inevitable, and you cannot avoid him any more than he can avoid you. The ego is afraid of the soul's joy. Because once you have experienced it, you will withdraw all protection from the ego and become totally without the investment in fear. Your investment is great now because fear is a witness to the separation and your ego rejoices when you witness to it. Leave it behind. Do not listen to it and do not preserve it. Listen only to God, who is as incapable of deception as he, the souls he created, as are the souls he created.
0: Thank you, Karen. And Diana.
3: 17. The word, quote unquote, inevitable is fearful to the ego, but joyous to the soul. God is inevitable, and you cannot avoid him any more than he can avoid you. The ego is afraid of the soul's joy because once you have experienced it, you will withdraw all protection from the ego and become totally without the investment in fear. Your investment is great now. Because fear is a witness to the separation, and your ego rejoices when you witness to it. Leave it behind. Do not listen to it, and do not preserve it. Listen only to God, who is as incapable of deception as are the souls he created. Eighteen. Release yourselves and release others do not present a false and unworthy picture of yourself to others and do not accept such a picture of them yourselves the ego has built a shabby and unsheltering home for you because it cannot build otherwise do not try to make this impoverished house stand its weakness is your strength Only God can make a home that is worthy of his creations, who have chosen to leave it empty by their own disposition. Yet his home will stand forever and is ready for you when you have chosen to enter it. Of this you can be wholly certain. God is incapable of creating the perishable as the ego is of making the eternal. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Diana, and Jude.
1: Thank you, LeMoyne. Release yourself and release others. Do not present a false, And unworthy picture of yourself to others and do not accept such a picture of them yourself the ego has built a shabby and unsheltering home for you because it cannot build otherwise do not try to make this impoverished house stand its weakness is your strength Only God could make a home that is worthy of his creations, who have chosen to leave it empty by their own dispossession. Yet his home will stand forever and is ready for you when you choose to enter it. Of this you can be wholly certain. Of this you can be wholly certain. God is incapable of creating the perishable as the ego is, of making the eternal. Of your egos, you can do nothing to save yourself or others. But of your souls, you can do everything for the salvation of both. Humility is a lesson for the ego, not for the soul. The soul is beyond humility because it recognizes its radiance and gladly sheds its light everywhere. The meek shall inherit the earth, because their egos are humble, and this gives them better perception. The kingdom of heaven is the right of the soul, whose beauty and dignity are far beyond doubt, beyond perception, and stand forever as the mark of the capital love of God, For his creations, who are holy, worthy of him, and only of him. Nothing else, nothing else is sufficiently worthy to be a gift for a creation of God himself. Wow. Thank you.
0: Uh, Thank you, Judy. And is there a new reader? for eighteen, nineteen, New reader for 18 and 19? Okay. Uh, back to you, Lori. Or wait. Yeah, 18 and 19. I think it's All 19...
1: Right. I thought it was 19 18, and 20. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, I see. 19 and 20. i the last one. You're correct. 19
1: and 20. Okie okay, dokie. Okay. Alrighty. Of your egos, you can do nothing to save yourselves or others. But of your souls, you can do everything for the salvation of both. Humility is a lesson for the ego, not for the soul. The soul is beyond humility because it recognizes its radiance and gladly sheds its light everywhere. The mates will inherit the earth because their egos are humble, and this gives them better perception. The kingdom is the right of the soul, whose beauty and dignity are far beyond doubt, beyond perception, and stand forever as the mark of the love of God for his creations, who are wholly worthy of him, and only of him, Nothing else is sufficiently worthy to be a gift for a creation of God himself. 20. I will substitute for your ego if you wish, but never for your soul. A father can safely leave a child with an elder brother who has shown himself responsible, but this involves no confusion about the child's origin. The brother can protect the child's body and his ego, which are very closely related, but he does not confuse himself with the father because he does this, although the child may. I can be entrusted with your body and your ego simply because this enables you not to be concerned with them and lets me teach you their unimportance. Let's me teach you their unimportance. I could not understand their importance to you if i had not been tempted to believe in them myself
0: thank you laurie and fran would you read 20 through the end okay
1: 20 i will substitute for your ego if you wish but never for your soul a father can safely leave a child with an elder brother who has shown himself responsible. But this involves no confusion about the child's origin. The brother can protect the child's body and his ego, which are very closely related, but he does not confuse himself with the father because he does this, although the child may. I can be entrusted with your body and your ego simply because this enables you not to be concerned with them and lets me teach you their unimportance. I could not understand their importance to you if I had not once been tempted to believe in them myself. 21. Let us undertake to learn this lesson together so we can be free of them together. I need devoted teachers who share my aim of healing the mind. The soul is far beyond the need of your protection or mine. Remember this. In this world... You need not have tribulation, because I have overcome the world. That is why you should be of good cheer.
0: Thank you, Fran. And Donna, would you read 21 through 23? 21
3: let us undertake to learn this lesson together so we can be free of them together I need devoted teachers who share my aim of healing the mind the soul is far beyond the need of your protection or mine remember this in this world you need not have tribulation because I have overcome the world 23. That is why you should be of good cheer. Amen.
0: Thank you, Donna. (coughs) And, uh, (laughs) I ask you now to give your attention to Fran, as she leads us in the practice of the lesson for the day. Lesson 38. There is nothing my holiness, there is nothing my holiness cannot do.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and today we're on Lesson 38, There is Nothing My Holiness Cannot Do. So I shall read the lesson, and then we'll go and do our five-minute practice based on the lesson hope this isn't too long for you guys (laughs) there is nothing my holiness cannot do your holiness reverses all the laws of the world it is beyond every restriction of time space distance and limits of any kind your holiness is totally unlimited in its power because it establishes you as a son of god at one with the mind of his creator through your holiness The power of God is made manifest. Through your holiness, the power of God is made available, and there is nothing the power of God cannot do. Your holiness, then, can remove all pain, can end all sorrow, and can solve all problems. It can do so in connection with yourself and with anyone else. It is equal in its power to help anyone because it is equal in its power to save anyone. If you are holy, so is everything God created. You are holy because all things he created are holy and all things he created are holy because you are. In today's exercises, we will apply the power of your holiness to all problems, difficulties, or suffering in any form that you happen to think of in yourself or someone else. We will make no distinctions because there are no distinctions. In the four longer practice periods, each preferably to last a full five minutes, repeat the idea for today, close your eyes, and then search your mind for any sense of loss or unhappiness of any kind as you see it. Try to make as little distinction as possible between a situation that is difficult for you and one that is difficult for someone else. Identify the situation specifically and also the name of the person concerned. Use this form in applying the idea for today. In the situation involving blank, in which I see myself, there is nothing that my holiness cannot do. In the situation involving blank, in which blank sees himself, There is nothing my holiness cannot do. From time to time, you may want to vary this procedure and add some relevant thoughts of your own. You might like, for example, to include thoughts such as this There is nothing my holiness cannot do because the power of God lies in it. Introduce whatever variations appeal to you, but keep the exercises focused on the theme there is nothing my holiness cannot do. The purpose of today's exercises is to begin to instill in you a sense that you have dominion over all things because of what you are. In the frequent shorter applications, apply the idea in its original form unless a specific problem concerning you or someone else arises or comes to mind. In that event, use the more specific form of application lesson 38 there is nothing my holiness cannot do five minutes Now, I'll read the paragraph from the review of Lesson 38. There is nothing my holiness cannot do. My holiness is unlimited in its power to heal, because it is unlimited in its power to save. What is there to be saved from except illusions? And what are all illusions except false ideas about myself? My holiness undoes them all by asserting the truth about me. In the presence of my holiness, which I share with God himself, all idols vanish. Lesson 38, there is nothing my holiness cannot do. Amen. Thank, Amen. You, Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Ooh, all idols vanish. I like that. What a good rap. Thank you, Fran.
3: Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. I I love that last sentence, too. In the presence of my holiness, which I share with God himself, all idols vanish. Beautiful. (laughs) Love
1: it. Thank you.
0: You know i had
1: i had good morning guys Jude I had used to have a real sort of a funny funny relationship with the word holy. I mean I remember a great sense of holiness from when I was a little girl in um you know private Catholic school and going I went to church every day seven days a week. We went to church before school and um Saturdays. Um, every Saturday I would go to confession and you know, we we I sang in the choir and I practiced all the high holy days and did the Stations of the Cross and you know, I was just totally submerged in that holy environment um, school, I walked to school was a couple blocks from my house and I used to help arrange the flowers on the altars of the church with the nuns and became really close friends with my teachers, and I felt really holy back then, but, you know, growing up and coming through life and manning, what's the word, Laurie, manning or mammon? Um, That we can't serve two masters, God or mammon. It's the expression from the Bible. But um, after I left that school, I went right into the world, you know, and... uh, just had a whole different lifestyle, but the word holy today, this morning for me is—it's really filled with delight and joy in it, and it—and it has a, a certain quality of sacredness to it, like um, speaking of things in the light, a certain quality of 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 of, of illumination and um, like a. A sparkle of delight in it is the only way. I, I'm, 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 I'm struggling for words to describe it, but I just noticed that today how it's really taken on a different quality. So happy to be practicing the lessons with you all, and thank you for bringing us all together, Lemoyne and Lori. I love you. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thanks,
2: Judy. Thank you, Judy.
1: Thank you, Judy.
2: I love you too, I love you. Judy. Yeah. Uh, this is Lana. I um oh gosh, I love this lesson. It's it's so powerful to remember that there's nothing my holiness cannot do. Um, you know, it's uh it just points to how much uh, I forgot about my true nature and my true self, <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, you know, the more that I practice this, the more my memory returns. And and um, when I say the words, there's nothing my holiness cannot do, it kind of mi- reminds me of there's nothing that forgiveness cannot heal. And I'm the one Behind the willingness to forgive, so without me and my holiness to sort of start the engine of forgiveness, it's just an unused tool that's only potential it's it's not um, utilized so um knowing that um about the strength of my holiness and how it blesses the world and how it envelops everything I see. It um, really points to uh, the fact that I am as God created me,
0: and that never,
2: never changes. And I always have to kind of chuckle at, at when I listen to other other people's experience of being... Educated Catholic, because I had like the total opposite experience, and God bless all those that that came through it um with love and grace and appreciation. I was just glad to make my great escape, and I took Jesus with me
1: <laughs>
2: never looked back, but i did I did have quite a a healing, oh I guess about twenty years ago. Um, about that period of time in my life uh, with just a gorgeous um, priest who took the time to didn't listen to everything I had to say and um, was open to seeing things differently through my eyes, the eyes of a child who was so fearful and felt so unworthy and Um, and just, it was such a beautiful meeting place, and love was the power behind it. Love um, was the power between both of us, meeting each other in love, and appreciating um, everyone's experience as either being a lesson or a blessing. You know, they're one or the other. Um, All valuable Um, So anyway, you know, this lesson just brings a lot of things to mind and a lot of power and truth, power used appropriately, not power as it's sometimes used in this world, but power as God intended it for the purpose of healing the world and healing ourselves of our beliefs. And our discernment of what is real and what is not, and what can be carried with us every day of our lives and every experience, that's the power of love. And um, it sure has proven itself for me in my life, that's for sure. There's nothing more effective or efficient or more dependable, reliable, you know, so... Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. I'm complete.
1: Oh, thank you, Lana. Thank well, you, Lana. I'm so glad you shared that.
4: Thank you, Lana. Good morning, it's Karen. I had a, a few thoughts about this lesson earlier, and I was meditating on it in between the calls and doing some writing about it because... There's nothing my holiness cannot do. So what came up on the first call, the lesson call, was that um, maybe, maybe, and, you know, I'm not saying definitively, but maybe it's that the outer world, Jesus says there's no need for you to have tribulation because I've overcome the world. The the outer world... um, can affect us because if we have acceptance and we're in alignment with the true self the outer world is is doesn't have any power over us i'm under no laws but God's. but then when i do the lesson and it says in the situation regarding so and so um she sees herself this way there's nothing my holiness cannot do and it seems as though seems as though I'm trying to change the situation with my holiness. And so I was really confused about that and I was thinking about, um, Lori, you know, when you pray for somebody, it's like, wow, miracles happen. Things change. Things really change. That doesn't happen with everybody. And I know that part of the reason things change is because your alignment is so um, strong. You know, it's so strong with your Christ self that it shifts things into divine order. And but on the other hand, you know, there's this whole um, topic about we don't know what the highest good for anyone is. We don't know. Like if last week someone took away my fear, would I have gotten to the level of really understanding where it came from? I mean, I think that's why my teacher, my former teacher, told me um, to put her in God's hands. It was like I had to stay in the fear till it was, till I finally realized it was my own mind. I thought it was, I thought it was an external reality, the fear, of, or caused by an external reality, but it was really in my own mind. So I guess here's the question: the question is. <laughs> Are we being told that we can change the external world? There's nothing my holiness cannot do. Or does it come down to what Reverend Pam was sort of pointing at earlier, that whatever the external world is, it can't—it has no dominion over us. If um, Jesus says, I've overcome the world, so you don't have to have tribulation, it means you can rise into your Christ self and be unaffected by it, even if there's disease in the body, even if there's, you know, a, an external problem. You can be in the peace and the joy and the light because I can, I can lift you out of it, whether it changes or it doesn't change. Um, I just want to say two more things. I love the line that your worth is determined by God. And nothing you make or do or uh, don't do, or nothing can affect who you are, and I think there's a problem with this lesson from my for myself, which I'm asking for the group conscience prayer to help me, because yes, I feel there is an unworthiness. I can reword it and say there's nothing God's holiness cannot do i i don't I don't feel there's any problem with that. There's nothing God's holiness cannot do. All things are possible in God. I believe that 100%. All miracles are possible. But it's almost like a fear that if I really own that Christ, that I am, that Christ self, then the ego is going to take off with it. Because um, Alma says, if you write down sugar on a piece of paper and you try to eat it, it's not going to be sweet. And without purification, it's like, I am God. It's the same thing. I mean, until we are purified, until we are really open, until the Christ lives in our hearts, in our hearts, you know, everything up to that point is just, I won't say wishful thinking, it's willing it, but there is purification is necessary first. If you know what I mean. So anyway, I was trying to um sit with my holiness. The idea of my holiness. I want to believe I am I have access to that holiness right now because I think that's the course's instruction. But it feels like there's a belief that's in the way that I'm not worthy. So yeah, that's what I wanted to get out. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Karen. Oh boy,
1: twenty fourteen says it all Thank you, Karen. Uh, thank
0: you, make- Karen. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to answer your question. Yes, yes, Karen. <laughs> and 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 there is a. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, it says the course will say things that are like definite and required, that make it seem like it's. All internal or all external, and this is because it is both, right? <clears throat> that the uh, and the change within is is required to see to see differently, to perceive more clearly that everything is is one is is held mm-hmm. and that in in and um i was trying to it's like you know he says he i never attack your egos right that to to try and purify through fighting off illusion just is is bound to fail it it is it is a thing of changing what the change in the mind that's required is not like a change in behavior of what the thoughts are at the thought level, but at the belief, it's more at the belief level, or the will level of a, of a, of will, that, you know, what, the okay, and, And I think a real key statement here is that if I had split it, I would have started with fourteen, right? Your worth is not established by your teaching or your learning or your thinking or your doing or anything like that. You know. Worth is established by God in creation. It's pre existing like it baked in the cake and so and another thing God is not the author of fear you are or God is not the author of fear I am and so to recognize when the mind turns to fear that this is something I'm doing to myself not just to myself but to, to the world right so and this is to to release ourselves and release others is to allow <clears throat> what is to begin to appear and um that is salvation that is the purification is to release yeah. the false beliefs it's not um done uh, you know through acts of penance i mean the thing of assigning people prayers to correct them is actually not far wrong, I don't think, but um, it's not magic words. it's the the change that the uh, that the prayer would actually be called for or be be calling for and the change that would make that prayer just a natural expression of response. In any situation, which is require, which uh, <clears throat> seems to require, might seem to require a lot of doing, but requires instead a uh, um, a release of the way it's seen, so that creation can occur, as opposed to just you know regenerating the same, so fighting against the what is not which is only there in our minds anyway and is then out pictured because that's where we've led ourselves anyway I hope that was helpful it it is you know after his descriptions I was trying to find uh, it's this thing of do not believe the incredible mouth there is a change in our belief that is required, and that I believe that's the uh, I underst I think understand or think or believe that that is the the real purification, it is a purification mm-hmm. of the mind down to the simplicity of salvation, and then we can release ourselves and release others, and I'll stop there and complete.
4: Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you so much for, for every word. It was helpful. Yeah, thank you, Lemoyne.
2: Thank you, Lemoyne. That was great. Yeah, out That's picturing so nice. is
1: a really useful word.
3: Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Diana. And one word that really got to me because I remember being in 4-H where you know, we were. 4-H pack leader with our... um, our, We went from chickens to you name it, you know, to um, uh, um, pigs, um, just (laughs) so many different things we were raising on our property over the years when my children were young. And I had a lot of trouble with, you know, the whole concept of sacrificing animals because there was a part of me that, you know read during that time the book skinny bitch and oh my god did that did that mess my mind up you know and here i was right in the middle of this project and and it had nothing to do with being skinny which i thought it was which is why i bought the book you know to try and give me some clues or suggestions or tips about managing weight it rather had to do about you know what was behind you know the cruelty and and what was behind behind what we buy at the supermarket market mindless you know with the process that goes on and um, I do know when we were taking the our, you know the animals um, to the auction um, there were a lot of people that were advocating against this with signs you know what you're doing you're you know and, and saying these things to the kids in in our project that made not only myself but them you know feel really you know pretty bad about all of it and and I get you know then I just remember that God gave us dominion over these animals we gave them a good life we gave them the best life by walking and feeding them and doing everything we could as their caretaker you know and the words dominion I have the power of dominion with with what I do with being holy you know, it comes down to, do I believe that I'm holy? First of all, am I? do I believe that? Because if I believe that, then I have the power at any time to to align myself with Christ and his thinking and become that. To don't let any thought that comes up saying that I am anything less than holy interfere with my thinking and my lifestyle with how I'm going to choose to, to manage my day, you know? I have a choice in everything, you know, even through my five senses with what I see. If, you know, my dog is on the couch and, you know, why not give him a hug? It's gonna fill him and it will fill me, you know? I get to be that active participant. And any time a thought comes up that I notice is not in alignment with love, that's where I can use this lesson, you know? My holiness is my salvation I'm complete Thank you
1: Diana well, thank you Diana <clears throat>
0: yeah thank, thank you, you diana. Diana. <clears throat> diana could you could you say what the four h's are
3: the four h's um heart um, oh my god hand. Um, let me look that up and I'll get back with you <laughs> it's been
0: so many years
3: but um, yeah
0: I have health know. on the list but I, you know maybe maybe holiness <laughs> oh
3: I'm. you know what
0: <laughs> I know I'm it's making, it's not it's in the H, original I'm
3: thinking it's the only H thank you LeMoyne it,
0: I, I'm not sure it's in the 4 H's of the 4 H group but
3: well, that yeah, certainly is the—that is the lesson. Thank you.
1: Hi guys, this is Lori, and uh, oh gee, (laughs) there's nothing my holiness cannot do. Isn't that just a beautiful expression? What is there to be saved from but illusions? And what are illusions but false beliefs about the Son of God? Um, The word dominion, the word dominion in this lesson is a little off-putting, if I don't understand it, I think. And and I think, um, here's a good quote, you are not saved from anything, you are saved for glory. You are not saved from anything you are saved from poor glory and glory uh, grandeur is the right of god's son given in creation Uh, the whole problem you know uh, in this split between the ego and the soul in identification the entire problem is a belief in opposites there's a conceptual belief, um, you know, in good and bad, in right and wrong, and and I'm not talking about duality and non-duality. I'm talking about just frankly opposites. If if God created in His image and likeness, we're told that means creation is of light quality and comprised of thought ideas. One time, you know, I had I had this holy instant and and it was all wordless and, and seemed like um it seemed like a knowledge transfer, you know, um but not with words, just with truth and and when it was all uh, you know I I could sense my time in that place was coming to an end and the last thing I heard was in fact in words and the words were the whole problem is your belief in opposites and after that um, experience why uh, everything in my world changed I mean I just I found that I loved everything I mean I just loved is nothing was separate from me nothing nothing was separate at all I just loved that's all and and, uh, and I was so flaming happy all the time went on like that for a long time um, and, and I thought all of my problem is because I believe in obsolescence. Anyway, I was trying to tell somebody about this experience, uh, a, a like-minded person, and and I was trying to describe it, uh, you know, the truth as an infusion, and uh, and and I couldn't describe it. You know, I mean, it's just you can't describe that sort of thing. And so, this friend of mine said, well when you feel and here's really an important thing when you believe you have removed all of the profane elements from it i'd like to hear more when you believe you have removed all the profane elements i'd like to hear more and therein um therein lies the situation right there Uh, I believe I believe that I have profane elements I believe that there's something opposite God I believe there's something opposite holy I believe there's anything in this life and world that is not infused with holiness that's a belief I have that isn't truth but it is a belief I have and if i fail to recognize that i have that belief that belief is going to affect my experience and um i will wind up projecting it because it's error and because it's not truly me um i will project it i as that's just how it works and so um That's why this section is so very valuable. Right teaching, right learning. He's not saying good and bad, okay? He's not saying good and bad, and it's important for me to note that, not good and bad. He's saying there's a right way, and then there's error. The error is simply the belief that there's anything without God's holiness. That's all. And and when I understand that, Um, I can start to realign my thinking with my right mind with truth and I will invest invest is an important word in this whole discussion invest in truth you know where your heart is there is your treasure also what I invest in will have my devotion will have my attention will have my care and concern he he says um, later on he says the reinvestment of the son of God with his truth begins with reinvestment in the real world as God created it not as I have projected it I don't understand about all that because I don't understand how my false beliefs affect my mind I can't understand all of that, but if I can let him convince me um, that creation is good and that creation is holy and that I am holy, then I can start to untangle some of my mistaken ideas that I've projected outside my mind um I think that's the real value in this in this whole this whole uh, reading and in this whole lesson he he tells me I have this ability in paragraph 15 he says you are part of reality you're unchanged and your reality is within easy reach of your soul Um, but you've made this fear thing out of your lack of understanding So, don't worry about it. Just be still and know. Just be still and know. If you be still and know, holiness will write your vote. It will straighten your mind. Be still and know that everything is as God created it. And then he says, don't let your ego dispute this. You see i just love this section because he's telling me he's informing me he's letting me know that that i have an ability that i'm unaware of and that ability is to realign my mind and um and that's that's my true power you see Uh, the power is already there but when i'm invested in a mistaken idea, i'm unaware of it, you know and um, and life presents itself to me as an opportunity for recognition of what's the truth of this and it turns out the truth of this is always already in my mind, and that's the nature of the miracle when when I realize i've laid something i have a mistaken idea that i've put on this i've laid on this i've let color my experience of this um then i recognize that oh that's easy enough because i do not need to let my mind convince me of this i i you he says see how he dresses you not the ego you You have an ability that's already there. That's how my holiness, there's nothing my holiness cannot do. That ability is already there. All I need to do is withdraw my investment. I've got an investment in something mistaken. That's why he says, um, the meek shall inherit the earth. Why? Because their egos are humble. And this gives them better perception. Egos are humble means, uh, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, ego would like me to think I do and have me invest in that mistaken idea, but I really don't know. And when I can recognize I really don't know, um, now I'm in, I, I am not my ego. You see, you are not your ego. The other thing I like about this section is, is the distinction is really clear, you know. And I can start to think of myself that way, you know. Uh, I can watch my, I can watch how that affects my thinking. Uh, real simple. Um, how many times a day do I say uh, my ego rather than the ego in my thoughts? How often do I say? My ego rather than the ego I'm different you see I'm not that and I can begin to invest in truth rather than um, the errors that I've uh, projected onto the world that's the nature of forgiveness so anyway um, and the other thing is this way is paved the way is already paved we we are already what we uh, were created to be and that memory is within us and our soul knows it he wants me to know that that my soul knows that and um, and that's why lesson 38 is so apropos to this section because I am NOT an ego I am NOT the ego and when I stop and know that that truth is true and nothing but the truth is true, um, I'll just simply withdraw the the uh, my investment in the error. You know, it works every time. It says the healing of God's sign begins with His reinvestment in the real world, and um, and that's how there's nothing my holiness cannot do it saves me from all illusions because the truth is already in my mind there is nothing in this life and world that is profane except a false belief that I have laid on it I'm complete
2: Oh, thank you, Laurie. That was just gorgeous. Thank you.
4: Well, thank you, Laurie. That was so helpful. It was really great. Really great. I, I feel like it was like a pep talk to believe in the truth. Let <laughs> go of all the rest. Thank you. <laughs>
1: oh, That's beautiful.
4: Isn't it true though that it's about convincing ourselves? You know? The root of evil is that doubt and that fear that it's not true. So thank you for all you said. Hi, this is
3: Diana. Can you hear me? This? Hello? Yeah. Oh, yes, I yes. Can hear you. I just I wanted to get back with um Lemoyne and you know, it's it's interesting that you would ask that question, what is the four? 4-Hs stand for, it is complete holiness because when 4-H is such a beautiful organization, first of all, it's parents that teach this. It's a volunteer that gives them themselves with something that they know about that they can give to these kids that could be their future. And for me, I was in a couple of projects. I taught flower arranging. I I taught quilting. And it was so beautiful and it gave me such joy when these kids came into my house or table settings, you know, to create something, you know. And 4-H stands for heart, head, heart, hand, and health. And it was through my holiness that I lovingly taught these, these young little souls what I knew and then watched them create and express themselves through their, their God-given, you know, um, um, creativity to, to create these, these, these different shapes and we would take them to, to the fair and one child. And I would always support them in what they would do and try and see it from their side one child just took a branch from outside and put some marbles on the bottom of his face and a, flo- a floating flower. And I thought, hmm, wow, you know, this is a different way of seeing it. And, you know, uh, I, and I didn't want him to, I <laughs> didn't want this, this person to not see it any differently. We took it and he won. The, tru- the truth is, if we can just be ourselves and who we are in Christ, you know, and believe and trust ourselves in our holiness, then we're teaching each other, too. And, and um, so uh, to be active right now, taking that lesson in our world, you know, by being creative. We, have, we do have a domain over what we do and see and how we express ourselves in the world. And I, I, I love this. Lesson is just not a written active but an lesson but an active lesson to get out there and, and
2: do God's work. <laughs> I'm complete. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you, Diana. Yes. Do God's work. Yes.
1: Thank you, Diana.
2: Yeah. Um it it reminds me of that's how we experience the truth of giving and receiving are one. You know, it's, um, you know, God, I think uh, Jesus points me in a direction where in my everyday life, life, I can integrate and apply the principles He is giving me. I don't have to be segregated into a so-called spiritual community to achieve the benefits, but I can incorporate them into my everyday life. And that's where, you know, the rubber meets the road. That's where I get the experience rather than an intellectual understanding of them. And the experience, um, I know for me, gives me an inner knowing that they're true. And um, I don't even have to understand how the concept works. I just have to experience the truth that it does work. (laughs) And then, um, you know, the understanding, um, as it was referred to once for me, is is like the booby prize. You know, that's just a little extra on the side you get. Um, And I wanted to share just briefly another layer that, I got from today's lesson, and um, and and that's how it is with me with the course. You know, every time I read it, um, Jesus is showing me more depth and more meaning and a, a deeper level of of it to uh, bring into my mind and to entertain and and to uh, contemplate it with Jesus and. And today's lesson where it says, um, where it gives us examples of this situation with so-and-so, you know, and I don't have it in front of me, so I can't read it um, uh, directly, but but he, he isn't, um, we're not asking for a laundry list of things that we have to do, you know, in order for the problem, or the perceived problem, I should say, to be solved. We just have to accept the fact that our holiness has the power to solve it. And this holiness um, is not the individual separated self. This holiness that I have, it's a collaboration. It's a joining. It's a unity with God and my brothers and everyone. You know, that's, that's the choice I have. You know, I can I can go to my ego mentality to try to solve a problem and the only thing it offers me is the past you know and I shared before that's its only point of reference the past but when I choose my holiness or when I choose the truth of me um, I have access to the infinite mind of God through joining and uniting with the truth within me you know, solutions show up in unimagined ways, and they're unimagined because I'm not um, getting them from uh, the past or the ego mentality. You know, the ego mentality would not offer me anything that would uh, solve a problem since it is the one that made up the problem to begin with. And And so when I... Um, you know, once Jesus told me that I need not know the answer in order for a problem to be solved. And and that's really true. I, I just have to accept that as a perfect creation of God, I have the power in unity with God and with all my brothers and sisters in that collective consciousness of oneness to um, receive Within my mind, the thoughts or the thoughts that I need to have, which guide me to the resolution of whatever shows up in life, whatever shows up before me as a situation that's not unloving, you know, and um, and in knowing that, I don't need to know anything else, you know. It's um, you know, and I and I'm just reminding myself this morning that how it shows up is either like I said it comes in an unimagined way you know an idea will enter my mind and and I'll think you know where did that come from why didn't I think about before it's so obvious or I'll see the meaninglessness of the situation how much meaning I originally gave to it and made it so important and seemingly so impossible to resolve and I'll see it with different eyes. I'll, I'll see its meaninglessness, and, and the feeling within is like, why would I ever let myself be, get upset over something that is so meaningless, you know? Either way, the, my worries and my fears dissolve in that recognition that um, you know I may not be, in, be able to put into words the mechanics of how it works i just know that it does work and and i know that because in every situation i've ever encountered in the almost 75 years i've been alive in this body you know um god always showed me a way to get through them and um because here i am talking to you you know so there's not one instant or one situation that I've never, that I've ever not been shown a way out of it and back to peace. So that's a pretty good track record for God and one that I can now place all my faith in. You know, um, there's nothing my holiness cannot do because there's nothing when I'm in unity, in union with God and all my brothers. That's where the power is it can't come from a a separated ego self but in the uniting with the truth of who I am God did not make me separate and alone he made me as part of himself he made me or created me as part of the sonship which in itself is whole and complete and part of him so, you know, and that's why miracles are shared between brothers. How could they not be, since we're all joined together as one? So, and, so anyhow, you know, when I read that lesson, you know, each time I read it, it has a, a few more gems, you know, to offer me and take me a little deeper um, into peace and truth and love. So um, I'm complete. Thank you for listening.
3: Thank you, Thank
1: so
4: you.
1: Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi. That's, there's nothing my holiness cannot do. Um, this really, and thank you, Lana, because you led me right into this. This understanding that. Um, you know what is it I want? Do I want to know the truth? Do I want to know know myself as I am? Be still and know I am, as I am in God, as God, um, in that oneness, in that wholeness. Um, the the um, the means that were given in the course, um, the holy instant, practicing the presence of of holiness. In, in the holy instant, which is totally total relinquishment of everything I've learned from the past, letting go of everything I think I know, and um, which is the same as means the same to me as forgiveness, um, because I in letting go of all that I know of the past, my, from my past experiences of people, places, and things in myself that I can see myself here, here I am, right here and right now. And um, anything my mind can conjure up about being a problem, usually when I'm looking at it in the here and now isn't even here and now. So it's all in my imagination, um, in a fantasy, in an illusion, um, that um, the holy... The holy instant brings me in right relationship to who and what I am right here and right now. And as a part of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is me. I am it. In, in, is, and as it, in re- holy relationship and holy, in the holy encounter with, with whatever I am presently encountering. And this is how... Um, uh, the the problem the solution is always in the problem because the the right action is always apparent whether I need to do something or not and it's right here and now and spontaneously um, obvious there's either something to do that's the right thing to do or there's or there's nothing to do and I need not do anything um, that the holy relation or holy encounter brings me into the holy relationship with my oneness and my wholeness because it 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 gets me out of my personal point of view how judy may want things and into the um the wider open-minded horizon of everything that's encompassed in this situation or this circumstance which you know the the open-mindedness that um, is a characteristic of the teacher of god who who understands its importance um, in order to have an uh, um, to practice forgiveness, not judgment it 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 it's opens my mind to um, more than just a personal point of view that sees it from the point of view of having an agenda or wanting to change, or fix, or make something different, or other than the way it is. And um, so, in practicing these means, you know, the holy instant, every encounter is a holy encounter. I see my brothers and sisters as I am in truth, that they're not their body, but they're sinless and innocent. Whether they know it or not is not important it's important that i know that and affirm the truth of that that nothing can hurt them and that they can't hurt anybody and that they're beyond they're beyond destruction that they're immortal spirits and purely mind and that they can rest in peace in peace rest in peace the course says it's for the living and that i i have to be at peace in order to know that I am the kingdom of God. Because if I'm in opposition to anything, I've, re- I've, I've put myself in a position where I'm at war with something. And I'm not at peace. I've disturbed my own peace. I've disturbed my own kingdom. I've disturbed the kingdom. And uh, uh, my will is in opposition to God's will. So the unfolding of all these practices brings me to the understanding that says peace is a condition for for me being able to be still and listen to (laughs) his voice and silence the voice of my ego because I can trust, I can trust in the power of the love of God that everything is okay, and if it isn't, you know, to my in my awareness of things, because I haven't, I haven't learned that that lesson yet, that everything is perfect. Because I'm still feeling fear, fear, you know, it's like the boogeyman under the bed. And accepting the truth about who I am, I have to want to accept and recognize, and own and claim that I am as God created me and that I am not what I made of myself. I am not what I think. I am not what I what I say or what I do. I don't have to earn my worth. The text speaks so clearly of this today. If I'm gonna dispute that I'm worthy of love today, I'm that's my problem. That's my my problem. I've separated myself From the atonement, I'm not accepting the perfect love of God, which is the atonement for myself. Accepting the atonement for myself is my job. It's my part in the atonement, the atonement of the whole sonship. And I can't be of help. I can't be a miracle worker unless I understand that, that I can't be a healer until I'm healed. And even thinking about fixing other people or fixing the world is, is really, you know, it's getting lost in, in 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 something that I have no power or control over on my own because alone and of my ego I am nothing and I can't fix or change anything. I'm just adding to the problems. But that's how saving myself, salvation is for me. I have to stop crucifying myself. I have to stop believing I'm a body. I have to stop believing I'm in a world of dreams, that I'm, I'm under what is all effect has control over me. Anything that's perceptible is after the fact. It's an image. It's the past. Everything in the world, anything that's documented as scientific knowledge is after the fact and in the past. Everything I've learned in the world is after the fact and in the past. That's why this kenosis, is emptying of myself of everything I think I know makes room for the truth in me to reveal its capital self because this layering, filtering, Obscuring thinking, egoic mind, has has colored and 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 darkened and dimmed my vision of holiness of myself. I think I think of myself as something when I'm not an image to be perceived. I have to rid myself of these false fixed beliefs and stand firmly fixed in God, and that always will try triumph over um, the ego, and the ego can't prevail against the united truth and knowledge that I'm purely mind in a state of grace forever. But I have to say that every day and affirm that to myself and know that, because that knowledge is, is, is me. It's not even within me, it is me, because it is everywhere, the truth that is everywhere. All the time already. So it's it's um, you know fueling fueling the, fuel the ego is feeding feeding the wrong animal. It's not it's not fruitful in any way, shape, or form. It's the relinquishment of it. The gentle and tender saying, you know, you you're a figment of my imagination. <laughs> I'm imagining something that's not true and letting it go because it can have no power over me. All these good descriptions of Judy and, and bad descriptions of Judy are simply a figment of an imagination that's separate from the mind of God. So something you said earlier, Lemoyne, about will and how... Free will is in Heaven, and it only creates creates what's true, what's perfect, what's beautiful. Love creates itself, and all ol- the only true true thoughts are loving thoughts and if If I can understand how how unequivocal that is, it becomes very simple there's nothing complicated about it. If it's not a loving thought, it's not true. And I'm suffering from self, self-deception. I'm telling myself something that's not true. And that's denying that I'm one with my source. That is the denial of myself and the denial that God created me. So if I'm not happy, if I'm not happy and I'm not joyous and I'm not peaceful, I'm denying who I am as God created me. And that's singularly what I I need to focus on. Who and where and what I am right here, right now. Because who I was yesterday or even earlier this morning doesn't make any difference. It's who I am right here, right now. Am I joyful right now? Do I feel love right now? Do I feel peaceful? Do I feel welcoming? And open-minded, or am I lost in my own thoughts, thinking about stuff instead of being with everything? Everything relaxed, relaxed, open-minded, and open-hearted. Oh, it's enough attitude. Say, (laughs) lovey, onward and forward, Christian soldiers. (laughs) I am complete.
2: Thank you so much for that, Judy. Appreciate your share.
4: Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy.
2: Your share reminded me of where um, Jesus says in the Course about true memory is of a present state having nothing to do with the past. Um, True memory is about... Remembering who I am right here, right now.
1: <laughs>
2: can't find it anywhere else. I'm complete.
1: I think if if I were to speak of Lee, those, that would be two things that he gave to me um, unequivocally. The immediacy of salvation, that I need not suffer. I need never suffer because heaven goes with me wherever I go. And the present memory, that it's it's pr- the holy instant is always in the present memory, and holds nothing of the past, and it brings on a peace that's new and fresh, and unlike anything ever before. The present. Thank you, Lana, for remembering me, reminding me <laughs> of our beloved Lee. <laughs> hey, um, the the um, what was I wanted to. Oh, the um, guardian of my thoughts. The the question I asked Laurie in a, not quite clearly before about um, in paragraph 11 in the text where it speaks: if you are willing to renounce the role of your guardian of your thought system and open them to me, I will correct them very gently and lead you home. Because I have to be, I have to be in my Christ consciousness very still and stepping back and judging not in order to align and attune myself with him before I could know the Father and I are one. I have to know the Son, the one Son, the totality of God's creation, which includes every living thing, in order to, to know my oneness and my completion. And But he does that he does all of it if I just let myself go. It's so beautiful. But, um, again, here we talk about the, the laws of God and the the use of time, how the ego uses time, and the laws of the world, you know, that I need to become or achieve or earn and that I need to change or fix, protects the continuity of the the um, ego thought system in which its lawmaker believes and all that uh, I need to I need to change or fix Judy that's not a, a Judy' self-improvement program it's to forget Judy Judy's a, is so inconsequential she's a little nothing she's a wall of dust the course describes the wall of dust that would keep us separate, believing that we're a body. And it's not that we have to give any of this up, but he would not deny us any of the pleasures of the world. But we're, we're denying the magnitude and the, the grandeur of how God created us, and we're suffering from this sense of limitations and lack and inadequacy that self-inflicted and self-imposed. Self impositioned upon our minds by carrying these false, false, false beliefs. So, oh, I really believe in freedom, the freedom from this, because I know what the incredible lightness of being feels like. Feels like <laughs> to experience it, to feel like I'm not, I'm now even, t- my feet aren't even touching the ground. And it's you know <laughs> when i got old and i started being in pain it wasn't it wasn't quite so sensorial anymore but um the state of mind hasn't changed and i certainly smile i certainly smile you know pretty much all the time now except when the pain physical pain actually grips me and this inevitability that I cannot avoid God any more than he can avoid me. I mean, how is that even possible? It's my awareness of God. God never moves. We're in God everywhere we go. And he put himself in everything as himself. So we wouldn't forget him. That's what holiness and wholeness is all about. And to see that holiness is to look through holiness's eyes. But I have to think about it that way. I have to think happy. I have to think joyous. I have to think holy. I have to think kind. My mind can't be what I don't want it to be. So that's where the holy will, my holy will is united with my source as one will to be happy, joyous, and free. Oh, boy. God bless you all. Fill your hearts with joy. (laughs) We do not heal alone. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. When I was sharing, I I had um, in my mind that I wanted to say something about the word dominion, and I don't think I did. Um, but I wanted to include the idea that dominion, dominion to me now, rather than power over means entrusted with, um, there's a, there's a quote, and I'll have to see if I can't find that, that, that goes something like, how does, how does the father know that his creation will be safe? Well, he knows it will be safe because he entrusted it to his son. And dominion in that sense doesn't mean power over. It means um, entrusted with the care of, as in it belongs to me, and I love it. And, um, and that opens up this lesson to a whole different way, I think, of seeing, if I uh, understand um there's nothing a thing my holiness cannot do um because um, i'm entrusted uh with it i 'm entrusted with everything my father created because he knows um, he knows the extent to which I truly care and to which it truly belongs to me. I kept thinking while you were sharing, Judy, of that story of the tide pool. You know, the biologist who wanted to find out um, what's the nature of our ecosystem. You know, and and so he went to find a tide pool where everything was where everything was living and supporting um, supporting its interdependence. You know, and and then he he decided, okay, if I manipulate this perfect situation where everything is supporting everything else what will happen to the tide pool and it turned out that uh, if he took away this element why well, this element overgrew and killed off um, another element in the tide pool and pretty soon the tide pool was not a perfect little ecosystem a little environment of mutual support and care it was um, it was self-destructive I think in the same way we're entrusted um, with holiness as um, something our Father gives us for the protection of creation. We're capable of being aware that it's already perfect. It requires nothing except love and care and trust. And when I manipulate it, or I've allowed something in my thoughts to change that, I'm able to recognize I did that with my thoughts, um, because I am aware that I'm aware. I can change my mind, and uh, and you illustrated that really well, Lana. And you're sure too. So anyway, I'm complete.
0: <clears throat> thank you, Laurie.
2: Oh, thank you, Laurie.
1: That was lovely, Lori. Thank you. It's uh, me you a again.
2: A Oops.
1: We have Lana.
2: you oh, okay. Alrighty. Um, yesterday, I wanted to share something from. The introduction of uh, this chapter, and I was pulled away from the call, so I couldn't didn't have an opportunity to do so. But it's one sentence which really took me deep. Um, it's in the very first paragraph, uh, where Jesus says, to be egocentric is to be dispirited. But to be self-centered in the right sense is to be inspired or in the soul. And I was thinking about uh, that word self-centered with a capital S and uh, what it would mean with the small s or from a point of view of the separated self. uh, To be self-centered would not be helpful. (laughs) In fact, it would pull me away from the truth of who I am. And the same thing could be said of the uh, word self-absorbed. You know, to be self-absorbed in the egocentric point of view would be to uh, be blinded from the truth. Uh, I would be so buried in myself, my small self, my separated self that I couldn't see the light even if it hit me on the head. But to be self-absorbed with a capital S, uh, oh, that would be glorious, to be immersed within the true self so that the ego self literally disappears from my awareness. Um, that to me is heaven. That to me is heaven. and. I, I've experienced that um, in areas of my life where, uh, well, uh, just, just to use painting, for example, and for any of those who, who do paint, I know you've had this experience, too, is where you've become so absorbed in the painting, in the process of the painting, that you lose yourself, that all awareness of a, a self separated from the one joined together in the act of painting sort of disappears and time disappears as well. You know. But anything that we join with in love is to be self-centered or self-absorbed in the true uh, sense of the world and in the, in the pure and, and spirited sense of the word. And to be in the opposite would be, as Jesus says, to be dispirited. You know, I leave the spirit and and take on the identity of this made-up cartoon character (laughs) that um, makes me laugh sometimes but can also make me cry out in pain, too, when I become too absorbed in it. Uh, you know to um i- remind, i don't know where I read it um maybe you guys will remember, but the gist of it is in that into find yourself capital s you need to lose yourself small s and when that flip happens, the whole world changes as I experience it um It goes from a problem-filled world of pain and suffering, of guilt and judgment, into a lovely world where there's nothing else and and you look for something that is not love and you can't find it because everything shows up as loving and lovely. And there's no way to explain it or to um, even describe it. You just know you're in it as you experience it. And um, it can happen sometimes after a good mind healing. You know, I'll look for the fear that was there just a few moments ago, and it's gone. I can't find it. It's disappeared. And, um, and it's because I entered into true self-awareness, true purpose, You know, it's like uh, that question he asks us to ask, what is it for? Because anything, as, you know, this describes anything used by the ego or made by the ego can be reinterpreted and transformed and used by Holy Spirit for the purpose of awakening. Um, So it's, it's just like flipping it, you know, because it's opposite of what the truth is. So, anyway I'm complete thanks again for listening I love you guys so much
1: oh it's beautiful Anna thank you for sharing that experience
0: yeah thank you Anna no, thank uh, you this guys is, this is Lemoine and I think that it's the, a the great place to. Just end the recording. So I'll do that. Thank you all.